to the Her Influence Podcast. My name is Kathy Ostapchuk, and I am your host for today's podcast. So glad that you have joined us. Today is an amazing time with our guest, Bonnie Pugh. For so many of us, our life has been interrupted in more ways than one. And as women, we are home with people that we love, but people that we are forced to spend a lot of time with, whether we like it or not. And we have Bonnie Pugh with us today. She's a speaker, a writer, a podcast, but most her, most of her time and energy is spent as a homeschooling mom. Okay, get this, to five young sons. Five of them, count them, five. She and her husband, Brian, have been leaders in their local church community for over a decade, and they've recently launched the Union Movement, a ministry focused on bringing health in the interconnected areas of sexuality, relationships, family, and church culture. Bonnie lives on the west coast of British Columbia and she loves getting out on the hiking trails nearby. I love Bonnie. She is a dear friend. I've known her for a bit. We've met through Gather, which is amazing because I would never know that women like her existed in our nation. Beautifully balanced, beautifully peaceful, beautifully calm with five young boys and a husband in her home 24-7, especially now in these days of life interrupted. But yet she has a message for all of us today, and that is that humanity needs a place to come home to. I love that. Perhaps more than ever, we're realizing just how much we actually need each other. We don't just need successful and secure careers for those of us that had that or were chasing that. We don't just crave accomplishment and attention as much as we think we do. We were made for a depth of relationships. We were made to thrive in the context of family. And we know that family can look a million different ways, right? It could be family can feel like a best friend. Family can feel like a sibling. Family can feel like a niece, a nephew. As a follower of Christ, you can follow his example and create atmospheres of connection, whether you're single, married, young, or old. Because as Bonnie says, our world is aching for a home to come back to. And so I'm excited to lean into this conversation with you. This was one of our true conversations that we hosted in a gathered Zoom room. And specifically for Mother's Day, we want to offer this as our gift to you because you will come away encouraged. You will start to breathe in and breathe out a little bit more. You'll start to release some of that pressure you've been feeling as you are home with your family. And maybe do a little reframe on your mind of what the home actually can be not just in spite of this season, but because of this season. So have a listen. Enjoy. Welcome to the Her Influence Podcast, calling women to rise in purpose and influence your world with real voices, bold words, and whole hearts. The Her Influence Podcast is created on behalf of Gather Women by Women in Canada for women everywhere to rise in their leadership influence wherever they are planted. We are grateful for our sponsor partnership for Season 3, Horizon College and Seminary, a center of learning dedicated to prepare leaders for Christian life and ministry, located in Saskatoon. Horizon is launching two amazing initiatives in fall of 2020, a Master of Arts in Ministry Leadership, a program that equips both seasoned and aspiring leaders by combining theological studies, leadership training, and hands-on learning. 
And in partnership with Sisterhood YXE and Lead Women, a women's cohort designed to provide women with a graduate education in ministry leadership that empowers them to bring transformational change to their churches, communities, and world with full or part-time and geographical flexibility. Find out more at horizon.edu. And now, here are your hosts, Kathy Ostapchuk, Vanessa Hoyes, and Caitlin Say. I wanted to introduce you to Bonnie. And um, part of the joy of these conversations is that you get to find somebody in this nation who's living a life of real integrity and has something to offer if you can lean into her. And I probably never would have found Bonnie if it wasn't for Gather. And so I'm just so excited that I get get to introduce you to her, her to you. And whenever, um, if you were sitting next to her in a conversation, the feelings that you would be feeling would be peace, you know, calm. Um, You would just feel very comfortable with Bonnie. And she's a speaker, a writer, and a podcaster, but most of her time and energy is spent as a homeschooling mother to five young sons. Okay, like, I know you're all going to just drop off your chair (laughs) right now. Five young sons, homeschooling. And she and her husband, Brian, have been leaders in their local church community for over a decade. And they recently launched the Union Movement, which is a ministry focus on bringing health in the interconnected areas of sexuality, relationships, family, and church culture. Bonnie lives on the west coast of BC and loves getting out on the hiking trails nearby. And we'll put out um, where you can find her at Bonnie Pew or at the Union Movement. She also has um, a blog site called The Sanctuary, I believe, where she blogs and writes beautifully. And the reason that I wanted you to have her voice here today and later on the podcast and at the conference is that she said something that, again, is just pushing back against the cultural norm in the pace of life, in, you know, what we've maybe made important over other things. She said one thing that just, I can't get out of my head, humanity needs a place to come home to. I love that. And so you know, strong home, you know, functional homes, healthy homes, strong families, strong marriages really are the core of the fabric of society. And when that starts to crumble, a lot of other things crumble. So I'm so excited to have Bonnie just share with us what that looks like, what that feels like, things that she's learned about it. it. And um, we're just so excited and we welcome you. We welcome you here. Thank you so much. Thanks for having me. It's great to be here with you all. I'm imagining like, oh, if we are all sitting in a room, <laughs> actually get to sit in a room together. This is, I'm in my bedroom and uh, the kids are all downstairs and hopefully it stays that way. <laughs> my husband's uh, running defense for me right now. Um, so I thought I'd share, yeah, just a little bit about myself first and um, a little bit about my background and then I'll just dive into some of the things about, about home that I've learned and even right now about how... Um, you know, we're, I, I thought right now a lot of us would like love to be anywhere but home. Uh, and so I totally understand that. Uh, but to be able to at least be able to value uh, the place that we are and invest into this, we're in actually a really, I believe the nations are in a really crucial, pivotal time um, where we get to make some decisions that will affect the next generation. And so 
uh, yeah, let's talk about that. But first, um, I, yeah, we, we live on the West Coast um, in the Fraser Valley. We're tucked up in the mountains. Um, right now, we're just renting a house over on like a large parcel of, it's like 15 acres of blueberry field. And uh, so my kids can all run and play. And it's been a real blessing. Uh, I love getting out in nature whenever we can. And um, I grew up in the church. Uh, and so this is probably the longest stint it's been since I have like been a part of a church service. Um, you know, we're doing our online services. My husband and I now are lead, um, lead pastors of a campus out of the church that I grew up in. Um, uh, but we're, we're really closely integrated with our, with our home church, Hill City Church in Abbotsford. Um, yeah, so I grew up in the church and I would say that, um, long story short is that I had a radical salvation, um, experience probably, I mean, as everyone's are 17, 18, um, started to be really saved from self-righteousness and from, uh, the sense of religious striving. And so I around 19 felt like I kind of just put everything on the table, Lord, I am all in. And I felt like I finally figured out what I was saved from and um, didn't look back. I feel like that's what gave me uh, passion and drive for the coming, for all the coming years. So my husband and I met when we were 18 um, and we grew to love each other really quickly. We were just, we found we could just be friends very easily, but we've also uh, felt led by the Lord to not pursue a relationship for a couple years I didn't know at the time, but he, his story was very different than mine. Didn't grow up in the church and had really been exposed to a lot of, um, damaging mindsets within the culture, specifically, um, a porn addiction, um, from a young age. And so those years that the Lord was saying, Hey, don't start really like, don't, don't lean into the relationship yet. I realize now we're really, we're saving us. It was really protecting us and giving us me a chance to get my heart focused and him a chance to heal. So um, those were our, so we ended up uh, getting married at 22 and then we started our family young and now we have um, five sons, twins who are going to be 12 this year and a 10 year old and a, and an almost eight year old. And then uh, another who'll be six in the fall. So uh, it is busy. I always wanted to be a boy mom. Uh, I always like read Calvin and Hobbes comics. Does everyone, you know, if you're familiar? And I thought, oh my goodness, that would be so awesome. And then I'm like, oh my gosh, this is so hard. <laughs> you know, they do, the boys do strange things. I know, I'm sure girls do too. I just don't have that experience. Um, but the types of instructions that we have to give, you know, no, you may not lick that, or, you know, you're not allowed to pee in that. And, you know, all those kind of conversations anyway. Um, so we do, uh, we used to decide to homeschool, uh, two years ago. Um, okay. So there's my husband and I, um, that's in the beautiful area where we live. Um, and then there's my boys. So, um, and then that's an, again, an area nearby. So they are full of character it's pretty, uh, you know, evident. Is everyone can see that okay? Yeah. Okay, awesome. Anyway, so that's us, my husband, Brian, and I, and then my boys, um, Samuel and Micah and Haddon and Charlie and Caleb. Um, so two years ago, this is what I want to share. So we started the union movement, um, which uh, obviously from, you know, my husband's experience and then um, my experience was more so seeing the um, the pain of what, of kind of the, 
in my friends' lives and in the lives in my community when when sexuality went wrong, seeing the pain and the domino effect of that in families. And, uh, and, and so my heart was really awakened at a young age to say, God, is there another way? Like, what is purity and what, um, is there a solution? And so we were, um, under some teaching when we were young adults and it really impacted our lives and it always became a dream of ours to be able to speak the same message. Um, and so now we've started, um, yeah, just talking about uh, the ecosystem uh, this, of how identity and your sexual past and even your family of origin and, and shame, how that impacts your lives and marriages and families and the next generation and church culture. And so uh, it's a lot, you know, it's all integrated. It's all a lot of conversation about a lot of different things, but it's, we believe it's really crucial. So our hope and our heart is really just to give, um, uh, the hope of restoration to people who've been really hurt in those areas. And then also to be able to give language to church leaders in order to, to help the people in their congregations, the men and women that want to be free. So we're trying, we're not wanting to shy away from those tricky topics because, um, because there's some broken hearts out there who are just trying to find, um, hold on to a hope that one day they could have a fam- a functional family. And, and so we have to, I think as leaders, we have to be brave and talk about those things. So, so we're developing resources. We, um, you can find my um, blog and podcasts. And then I have, um, yeah, I have uh, some books that I'm working on and one that I've published a children's book. And um, so today I want to talk specifically about home and about the value of home. Um, and I, yeah, in that blog, Kathy referenced, I talk, um, I said like humanity is looking for a place to come home to. Now this is, I want you to know that this is from me, the girl who longs for adventure, who dreams of filling my passport. Uh, even as a teen, you know, I didn't know that I was even going to have a family one day. So I am, so I pose the question is, can we be lovers of adventure and also love our home? And I believe the answer is yes. I thought of Judy Garland um, in uh, The Wizard of Oz and how at the beginning she's, you know, standing up on the fence poles and she's just singing like somewhere over the rainbow, like that's where I want to go. And then she goes on this long adventure. And then by the end, she comes to this place of saying like, there is really no place like home. You know, in the middle of crisis, there's this desire to gather back with the people, um, the people that we're closest to. And so um, there's this verse in, it's kind of an obscure story in the Old Testament, Numbers 24, you can read it there. And it's this proclamation over Israel. And it talks about, it says like, oh, how lovely are your tents? How lovely are your dwelling places? Oh, Jacob, oh, Israel. And I think um, if you've ever been in a home where the atmosphere is one of peace and acceptance, not quiet necessarily, like our home is rarely quiet. We, in, you know, we instituted a quiet time every day, every afternoon for, for the introverts among us for their sake. Um, but our home is rarely quiet, but there's a peace that can come. And it's, it is like this great treasure. And I think, oh man, like if we as the church, if we could be like representing that verse, like how lovely, we're not intense anymore necessarily, but how lovely are your homes? How lovely are your dwelling places? Uh, 
unfortunately, in uh, this, in the recent past, in the the recent history of the home, um, I think there was this strange thing that happened. Is where even I mean, it's really I would say crucial to us as women is that there was a sense of like women need to be liberated, women need to be equal, which I think Jesus was a beautiful um, example, like thousands of years ago, you know, in speaking to equality and to the empowerment of women. Um, so I'm all for those type, all for that. But in this wrestle with what's my identity and where can I be, there was a lot of voices that rose up and said that the home was actually a prison house and that and that motherhood was the shackles on a woman's feet, you know, holding her. And it was just that the home was became a symbol of this like dominant patriarchy. And, um, and so in a desire to find equality, I think we as women, you know, in past generations wrestled with like, well, what is the home? What does it represent? The duties, even the duties or the servanthood within a home, um, they're less, they are less important because, I don't need a college degree to do them or something like that. But, but the language, I love that the language of um, the Bible is actually one that values the home and that, um, and psychology, here's something really cool. I love psychology and um, developmental theory of how children's like children mature and stuff like that. And psychologists are realizing that in order to have an adventurous spirit, not a running away spirit, but a, an attitude of let's go find something new. Let's innovate. Let's, let's try something. Let's explore. In order to do that, you actually need a really firm foundation to start from. Um, and so, so here, I'll just share a little bit of what I've learned is that in order to, so in order to mature to human potential, you need to be able to have a soft heart. You need to be able to have um, be able to feel a range, a wide range of emotion. Um, you need to be able to have a place where you can be vulnerable. So the world is not, um, ever since, you know, sin entered the world, the world is not exactly a safe place. We don't always know what people are thinking of us and there's so much criticism and all those things. But, and so we kind of walk around, we kind of have to have our walls up. We can't just bear our souls to everyone, but then the beautiful thing is that we're meant to have a place to come home to where we can, let our guard down, process the events of the day, the disappointments and the sorrows. Um, and so that home actually becomes the place. And home is not necessarily a physical location. I'm sure you've experienced home in a coffee shop with a friend, you know, across a table where they, they welcome you in and they say, you're safe here. Like, I love you for who you are. That, it's, that is the essence of home, I believe. The guards come down, then you can be yourself um, and in that place of um, of relationship, then you start to become more of who you really are. And that's what that's truly what even God offers to us. He says, "You come into my throne room anytime you need me, right? And I welcome you into my presence. you are you're safe here and you're loved unconditionally. So he's offering to us this home that then he invites us to offer to one another. So God's intention in the earth is that every child, and I would say every grown-up child, every one of us, you know, there's, I think sometimes I'm like, oh, I'm just still just Bonnie, you know, like, 
people might see me as all these things, but like, I remember who I was when I was a little kid and God, you see me still as her, you know who I am. So God's intention for every child um, is that it's that on earth mothers and fathers would have created that atmosphere within the home. And unfortunately, um, of course, that's not the reality for so many. Um, and so I believe that the family and the home is actually one of the greatest missionary locations, outposts for the neighborhoods, places of gathering the next generation where um, maybe they don't have a maybe they don't have that home to go to, but your home becomes that haven. I'm sure you've seen it um, for some of you who, you know, maybe your teenagers would bring other kids home and you'd feed them and stuff. You, you were extending the kingdom by extending your home. God wanted that for people so badly that he actually, a lot of the laws that you see them um, uh, in the old Testament and the new, the law of love was actually to be able to, to, protect that place of home and scriptures if once I now that I say this I hope that you'll have the eyes to really see in scripture how often the language of home and family and connection is used I know we say like oh you know Christianity is not a religion it's a relationship this is what it means it's, it's God is the only you know of all the other gods that are worshiped in the world. He's the only one who says, I will call you my children and I'll be your father and we'll belong to one another. And I'm not just using you. I want, I want connection with you. Like I value you. And so, um, this is a, I think it's such a beautiful promise What Jesus said in John 14, he said, he said, like, I'm going away to the father and like, I'm preparing a place for you so that where I am there, you could be also. And uh, on our 10th anniversary, my husband and I got to go away to all-inclusive in Mexico. Oh, it was awesome. You know, I'm like, where could we go after this is all done? This would be, it would be lovely to try to get away again. Um, but while I was there, it was so interesting, you know, you know, eating tacos and omelets and, you know, people are giving you what you need. And, um, but it was really interesting that as the days went on, then some of the people who worked there started to recognize us and we started to recognize them. And so then they would say, oh, like they'd say to my husband, like, I know how you want your coffee. And then they'd bring it to him or they'd remember how many eggs he wanted his omelet. And suddenly the experience actually became all the richer because we were known. And I thought it was there. I realized like heaven, this beautiful paradise is not going to be an all inclusive. It's actually going to be a place of relationship. It's going to be a place where we, in love, we serve one another. It's going to be, wait a second, it's going to be like a home, the way God intended it. So we actually, when we follow that model of heaven on earth, um, our homes get transformed. And I know I'm sound, I, this is so philosophical. And then it's like, and then you're dealing with, you know, temper tantrums of toddlers and the sulkiness of preteens and you know it's it sounds but it but it really is like lord let your kingdom come on earth as it is in heaven let it be in my home even right now and i just even would pray that over all of you right now in the midst of in the midst of quarantine in the midst of social distancing in the midst of of covid and all the uncertainty that that his presence and his kingdom would come into your homes and the way that Jesus and the Father have connection with, and the Spirit, that they have connection, that we would have connection. 
um, that we'd hold, we have our own identities, but that we belong to one another and we have a place. And so, yeah, I think right now we're, we're really in a historic moment as, as we've all been um, kind of sentenced to our homes, like stay home, stay home. And, you know, I'm getting out for my walks and, uh, and those kind of things and the sent, you know, getting, getting groceries and stuff like that. But home has been um, like, it's just this opportunity. I believe it's an opportunity to recalibrate and to put value into back into the family, back into the next generation, even for those of you who are mothers. Um, yeah. It's a time, I believe, for forgiveness, a time for restoration, for vulnerability and gratitude. And I have a lot of hope. I actually, I thought, Lord, let, let us not just get through this season, but let this restore our nation. Because I believe that a nation is really only as strong as the churches in the nation, which is only as strong as the families within that church, which is only as strong as the marriages and the individual men and women. So like, what if this is an opportunity to heal, not to hide, but to, but to be strengthened and healed and rest um, so that we can emerge with a great, um, with a great adventurous spirit. You know, we have a chance to come home so that we can then launch back out and encourage and, uh, let what's in our heart come out. So that's what I wanted to share with you this morning. Um, I know that there's, um, there might be some questions and I have uh, even have some questions here that were asked before, but I'll maybe just um, turn it back over to you, Rebecca and Kathy, and you let me know what you want to do next here. Well, thank you. I mean, I would just like you to keep talking <laughs> for hours and I'm thinking of all of the people in my world that I would love to be part of this right now. Um, because I guess one of my questions, and then I'll have everybody think of theirs is, you know, if you've been blind to the opportunity and the beauty that's been in the home all along, and for so many of us, we've gone elsewhere to find that purpose, meaning identity. And we have maybe thought of our homes in different seasons as sort of a prison. I remember going on uh, retreats with the women of my church. And I remember when the kids were little, I, I didn't want to come home. Like I'd, I'd come in the door because immediately somebody wants something from you. Right. <laughs> and so how do we, you know, what are the signs that maybe a home may be a little bit more dysfunctional or not, not healthy that we may be blind to like, what would some of the red flags be that we can pay attention? Yeah. I mean, I think in the, I mean, I know I totally relate to what you're saying there, Kathy, about when you go away, even if my husband and I are on a date or something, and then it's like, do we have to go home already? Like I, you know, I'm just trying to, I'm still trying to gather my thoughts here. And so, um, so this fact that you're tired or the fact, you know, I'm just want to make that clear as a mom, the fact that you're tired or the fact that you're like, I actually have nothing left. I, my tank is empty. Like that's really real. And so you don't like God, the father of, with his home, like he has unlimited resources. Like I think God, you know, the Bible says he doesn't go to bed at night, right? He does not grow tired and weary the way we do. So we don't have to despise our own weakness. Like we can embrace our humanity and know our own limitations. And um, anyway, so I want to say that, but you said signs of dysfunction. I think, um, I mean, there'd be two, I think there's two sides to that. There's the one side of dysfunction where 
it's explosive dysfunction um, where there's no, there's no conversation that is not full of anger or name calling or, you know, there's that level of dysfunction. But then I think there's dysfunction on the side of everyone is just coexisting. Um, you know, and I think we have both sides, you know, there's levels of relationship that we can grow through. And um, in developmental psychology, they talk about um, these six different layers of attachment. One is just proximity. And this is what babies need from us. They're like, hold me all the time. Like I need, to, you know, that's what they're capable of their level of attachment. But the goal is that we grow in deeper and deeper in intimacy within our families um, where, you know, we start to feel a sense of significance to one another and we know we belong to one another. We start to feel love, like true love for each other. We miss each other, you know, over maybe not right away. If you're like, you know, in the toddler stage, that's like, <laughs> you're like, I need a break. Um, but you start to miss each other. And then, and then the deepest level is one of emotional intimacy or connection where you don't want anything to come between you. You don't want secrets. Um, you want to share your life. So I would say that, you know, the goal rather than going, am I dysfunctional? You could just say like, Hey, what level of connection are we at? And how can we just even take it one, one step deeper? Um, and you can do that in really simple ways. Just even it's, it's vulnerability. I think that the language of vulnerability, uh, is risky. Cause you, you know, you're like, what if, what if people start to really know me and then they don't like me or they reject me? Um, and I think after in past generations, like families just didn't maybe know how to share the hard things, you know? And so you just, you almost were like at a boarding house maybe, or you didn't know if you could trust your parents or that kind of stuff. So I think taking steps in that direction is probably, um, just what I'd recommend carving time out. Um, something I'm really, I'm grateful for my parents is that they really prioritized like family dinner you know, just meal times as often as possible. They would, we would gather around the table and we would eat food, but then we would just sit there and joke, you know, and, and talk and for sometimes hours, sometimes we'd have to run off to things, but, um, that's one of my sweetest memories of my childhood. And, um, and they would welcome my friends too. There was always space for more, you know, and I think, um, yeah, that, that, that's something you could try. Yeah. You know what? You just said a couple of really helpful, helpful things. Instead of asking, you know, what level of dysfunction we're at or worrying that negative question is, you know, how dysfunctional are we? You're saying switch that out and say, how can I deepen the connection? And yeah. that just all, will always lead to something even positive. Or even if you're playing with your kids and you just had it, if you ask the right question, you may just drop everything and say, let's just go play or let's go get an ice cream. And um, that's brilliant, actually. Just changing the question really helps. And I think that mealtime, um, my mom was a stay-at-home mom, but she really was ahead of her time in so many ways. But um, my younger brother, who was you know, 10 years plus younger than me and my younger sister, who's on the call, she would have all of his high school friends over for lunch they would walk home and he would feed them she would feed them and you know just providing that that meal that time of connection for people that didn't have it so amazing I've got tons of questions but I really don't want to be selfish I would love Rebecca to um, open it up to the group and see what they have to ask you 
So we have some some really good questions that have been submitted, and some of them have asked me to to voice the question, so I will. So the first one is, do you have any encouragement or advice um, to perhaps a parent with an estranged child, someone who there's an estranged, like a, a, a strained relationship, or perhaps one where you haven't spoken them, spoken to them in a number of years, and just um, how to keep up hope, how to create home when there's a piece missing? Yeah. Oh man, that's, I, I feel for you. I think the mother's heart is such a powerful thing. It just like, doesn't, I know that the umbilical cord gets cut at birth, but like, there's a part of us that's in our children, you know? And so I think for whoever's asking that question, I just, man, I just pray grace over you. And, uh, I just, I, my first thought truthfully would be to like, I hope you're already doing this, but if you're not is like you is to engage in conversation with the Lord on it, which like tell him, pour out your heart as often as it hurts, talk to him about it. And I think he'll start to give you wisdom and clues because every situation would be different. Um, you know, depending, yeah, depending on how everything went down or what, you know, what led to the problem. I think the Holy spirit himself, he'll be your counselor who could give you like inside information Um, I think, and I would say even, um, for those of you who might be young moms listening to this is that one of my, one of the greatest fears, I believe the enemy has tried to, has used against me is telling me that I will lose my children or that all my investment will be for nothing. And I've had to really learn how to fight that, um, through prayer and through looking in scripture and finding verses that are declarations of restoration, declarations of the Lord. You know, so if you find some key verses, um, the one that comes to mind is in Isaiah where it says like, all of my children will be taught by the Lord and great will be their peace, right? So that's one when the, when the enemy, this hopelessness comes and says like, you know, maybe all your investment was for nothing or you're never going to get your children back. Just say like, no, like this is the word of God over my family and um, that we fight for our, we're fighting for the next generation through prayer. And then, and then I think the Holy spirit will give you individual insight to what you can, what you might be able to do to reach out in those, in the, even starting, you know, if there's no proximity, um, you know, a text message at the right time or a phone call or a gift, a no strings attached gift. Um, those kind of things can just say like, I'm here, you know, and, and I'd be interested to go deeper, but if you're okay with just level one for now, then like, we're happy with that too, you know? So that would be some of my thoughts that come. Thank you. That's such tremendously good, good wisdom. I love Kathy commented on it too, that pour out your heart as often as it hurts. Um, I love that. Thank you. Um, the next question actually is really kind of dear to my heart. Uh, it's not my question, but it's sort of my experience. And that is um, thoughts on creating home and experience when maybe your experience growing up was dysfunctional or painful in some way. I grew up in a home where uh, my mom suffered with mental illness. And um, so my model is not the the average, I would say. Um, so just what does, what does that look like trying to build a home, um, from a place where your example was perhaps painful or dysfunctional? Totally. Yeah. And that is, I mean, that's truly, unfortunately, and I believe it breaks the Lord's heart is that so many people's experience now 
so many people, their experience is that our parents, um, even though it might be what you might even say in your head is I, I know that they loved me and I know that they gave me the best. They did the best that they could. They gave me all they could, but it just wasn't enough. And having to come to that place as a grown up, and you're feeling, you're still feeling like an abandoned child, right? And you're like, I'm supposed to be the grown up. Like, I don't know what I'm doing, you know? So being able to admit, like, still having that place, I would say, honor and forgiveness towards the older generation who didn't give you what you know you needed. Um, so honor and forgiveness, like holding on to those for dear life in the midst of the emotion and the pain. Um, And then, and again, like pouring your heart out to the Lord, asking for his insight. But I think that the, that truly is one of the most beautiful things about the church is that God intended for, um, is for us to take care of each other so that if there was a deficit in your natural family, that the, that there's a community beyond just your, your biological, um, mom and dad. And I think in, you know, in the new Testament where, Paul admonishes like older women, make sure you're, make sure you're talking to the younger women, right? Like he's not, he's not boxing anybody in. He's just saying, listen, there's going to be moms who need to be mothered before they know how to mother. So older women, make sure you're doing that. So if you have anything from the, like from the Lord, pass it on, make sure that they have that example. So I mean, this is a long winded answer. I hope that's all right. But my thought would be to try to get around some moms who you can see that their spirits are um, not broken and that they're not perfect, but trying, you know, and learn from them. Um, and, and that the, and, and then a prayer I say a lot would be like, God, fill in all the, all that's lacking in me. You know, I don't know what to do. Like, I have to trust you that you're going to fill in the gaps here. Um, maybe in, even in like the way a wall gets you know, holes in it and stuff. And then you use that, the putty and you fill in the gaps. I go, God, I'm trying, but I'm going to need you to fill in the gaps with my kids. Cause I, I can't be, I can't be everywhere and I can't be everything. So those are some thoughts. Wonderful. Thank you. Just, there's two more sort of, uh, two more last questions that we'll wrap up with. So the one is, and it sort of ties into that is so just words of encouragement that, um, about a home that can be redeemed, that, that no home has gone so far, um, into a state of what you don't want it to be. Um, do you believe that all homes can, can be redeemed? Yeah, I think, I think that the gospel is, the gospel is not just a, when I die one day, I'll have life, but it is this, it is a story of restoration to us where it matters the most. Um, so I think of large portions of scripture in, in the book of Isaiah and Jeremiah. Isaiah and Jeremiah, it was during a time of devastation of every kind, of every home, every family divided and every, you know, literal homes destroyed. And then this word of the Lord comes with this promise of restoration. He's saying like, I'm going to build up the ancient foundations and your sons and daughters will come home and, and and great, you know, it it was, so if you need hope that it's possible, like the final chapters of Isaiah, the final chapters of Jeremiah are a beautiful place to start, um, to that, that is the Lord's heart. And of course there's going to be 
hard decisions to make. You know, if you're in the middle of a, a really painful marriage or which I think in every marriage, there's times and seasons of pain, right? Where even things from the past come up and bump into each other's past and all that kind of stuff. So, so there's going to be seasons of difficulty, but no matter you're, yeah, you just are going to have hard work to do. There's going to be, um, there's going to be hard conversations. There's going to be hard decisions. There's going to be, you know, um, you're gonna have to check your own heart and make some, yeah, make some changes in order for there to be changes for the future generations. Thank you. That's amazing and beautiful. Um, just the, the whole idea that the gospel story is a story of restoration and the hope that's found in that. Um, I think the last question then would be just for this season, for right now, moms who aren't homeschoolers, homeschooling, you know, people who are taking on and trying to do, I think someone else is in my expression that we always wear, it might've been Kathy, we always wear a lot of hats, but wearing them all at the same time, right? That, you know, so just maybe just some quick thoughts on expectation of yourself in the home in this season? Because I think that that's something a lot of women are struggling with. Yeah. Um, man, I so relate that I understand the, all the hats at once. Oh, so I remember a friend telling me once that she would get the most frustrated with her children when she was trying to get too much done, when she'd put too much on her to-do list. And so I just want to say, you know, for those of you who are in that category, maybe of striving, where that's the tendency, right? We kind of, again, we have two extremes. We can go to a striving extreme, or we can go to a laziness checkout. I just am going to distract myself from my workload. There's two extremes. So if you go to that striving extreme of like, I have to keep it all together. Um, it's just, it's just really not possible. <laughs> And it's not your value. And, and you know how people say like, God, um, cleanliness is next to godliness. I just want you to know that that's not a verse. So like, you just can't keep up with it all. You just actually can't like, um, is it Newton's laws of thermodynamics? that just say like, things will come to a state of disorder <laughs> unless you're exerting energy in the other direction. So you want to develop some systems and, uh, Oh my goodness. I think that's where we need to have, you know, we'd even be able to have a conversation with an experience, a mom who's maybe experienced and some systems and structures and rhythms in order to, you know, sustain a state of peace in the middle of, otherwise it just does add to the chaos, right? When there's mess everywhere. Um, my children don't believe me yet. I'm like, guys, trust me, trust me that if you left your stuff everywhere, always, you would not like it eventually. They're like, I don't know, mom. Anyway. Um, <laughs> but, um, it's not a verse. So you can let things like, if things are dirty, that's not an ind indication that you're a failure. Um, uh, speaking about the homeschooling thing, uh, I actually, because that's what we've been doing. Uh, I'm right now in the middle of releasing, a, um, a, just a five to 10 minute video every week of some of the main lessons I've learned on homeschooling. So I won't dive into all of that right now, but if you, um, head over on my Instagram account, um, you'll see that there's some video links there. Hopefully that can be helpful. Just some practical advice, but also just ways to kind of alleviate some stress. Um, yeah. So that's what comes to mind for that question. Perfect. And that's all the questions I have. So I will um, pass it back to Kathy. Yeah, it's just so great. I think we need to do more on this conversation. Um, what you said that the scriptures 
you know, was prophesying your sons and daughters will come home and the COVID situation has brought us home, right? It's brought us back home, whether we like it or not. And I think for those of us who did have the positive tools and strategies to make home that beautiful, healthy place, um, it was, it's okay. But for so many who didn't have that reserve or never thought they'd be at home with their people and it's too much, too fast, too hard. Um, You know, we're home now, but look what we have to do something. And you just said you have to do the work. So, so such good wisdom there. I heard on CBC yesterday, mom, just saying, you know, we're just petering out. Like it's just been too long and we're just running out of steam. And so to get resourced and self care Mm -hmm. and re a, a new perspective on the opportunities this place of home has for all of us to recreate a beautiful place. So um, I really do want to be like you when I grew up, Bonnie. <laughs> I don't know if that's possible, right. but you, like I had three kids and the oldest, my oldest son, um, we just said that um, we pay for university, but he, uh, we, he would have to pay for his therapy because he was, he was, you know, on fire. And he, he really, I, I really just thought I had to be perfect with him. And so to hear the beauty and the wisdom of your words, just saying you can't be all things, you can't do it all. And um, honor and dignity and respecting each other. So thank you so much, so, so much for all of that. Um, I hope that everyone on this call and everyone who listens to the podcast will find you um, on Instagram or on your Facebook um, and your website, The Union and at Bonnie Pew and the sanctuary and get those videos in your head and heart because homeschooling has really become um, the new the new way of teaching our children in this intermission. And I love your legacy language as well. So for generations and generations and generations. And when you think of um, strong families, as maybe being a result of having been forged in this season, how great will that be for our culture, for our nation? And we don't talk about that a lot, Mm -hmm. Um, but you've talked on maybe what the core of strength will be moving forward. And so I vote for you. (laughs) I'll vote for you. Yeah. Yeah, thank you so much. I love that conversation with Bonnie because she reminded us that what this season of life has done for us is that it has brought us home. And maybe we have struggled with coming home because we haven't had the tools, but we can get the tools. We can ask for what we need and we can say, look, if God has brought us here, there's something to be learned in this time. And I love that she reminded us that we actually have to relearn what it is like just to be together, just to be together. There's a prophecy in the Bible, of course, that says your sons and daughters will come home and they have come home and we are home with them, many of us. And so what does that look like? What does that feel like? What can we learn and how we can we grow better together? So we're so glad that you have been with us today. We want to honor women 
specifically in the nation of Canada, but everywhere, where you are in your places. Some of you are at home. Some of you are getting up strong every day, going out to a workplace because you're needed there. Some of you are home alone without family nearby. Some of you are creating new businesses at home, working from home, um, being digital more than you ever have. Some of you are frontline workers. You're working with the marginalized right now and you're tired. We see you, we honor you, we love you. We want to resource you. We want to let you know that we pray for you. We pray that you would be strong. We know that you will get through and we will get through together. Thanks for joining us on the Hurt Influence podcast. We hope that you will join us at the True Conference online, May 22nd and 23rd. It's going to be absolutely fantastic. Two days of solid strategies for navigating the new now, equipping, biblical teaching, worship, and encouragement. So be ready for that. Until we talk again, bye. Thanks for listening to the Her Influence Podcast. Download and share this episode and subscribe so you don't miss an episode. Go to gatherwomen.com for show notes, resources, and events in your area. We invite you to join the movement to hear the voices of women represented in equal value and strength in all kingdom conversations, and to see the presence of women in equal value and strength in every area of influence. And now, rise in purpose and influence your world with real voices, bold words, and whole hearts.